what they know about them Texas boys. You're listening to the most dangerous show in Texas, Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, it is now Fight Night. Welcome to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn and hornfm.com. I'm your host, Eddie Cross. You can find me on Twitter at EddieExperience, one E in the middle. Joining me as always is a new creative director for WWE, Mr. Jordan Wahlberger. Jordan, I need to see some stuff. We'll talk about it later. Obviously, I would He's kill it. stuff in the tag division. All right? I would kill it in that position. I remember writing letters to Vince McMahon when I was younger. So what? Yeah, I'm excited. I was trying. I'm just finding out about this. I was trying to be creative, uh, Eddie. I let me tell you, it, it's great to see you. Can follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. You can find me at Nonstop MMA, uh, Eddie. I have been in Cali. I have been in Cali. I am back from Cali. And All right. Let me tell you. Did you start those wildfires? I did not, but I ate so much good food. Yeah. <laughs> I hit all my old spots. I, I ate uh, on, on lunch one day last week. I, I went to lunch and then I said, you know what, guys? We're going to get French dip sandwiches. We're going to Roscoe's. Excuse me, we're, we're going to Felipe's and we're getting French dip sandwiches. I went to Roscoe's for lunch one day. I went to Diddy Reese, got some ice cream. I, uh, I enjoyed myself. I'm not going to lie. What's the place with the big donut? Randy's? Did you go to Randy's? I saw Randy's. I drove by Randy's twice. Right, there, there's a Randy's right next to Roscoe's. I did get donuts. The, the only place you can get, uh, you can get, what kind of donuts? Uh, crumb donuts is, is in California, and that was fantastic. So overall, man, I had, a, I had a great time. Nice. How about Trejo's Tacos? I did not get Trejo's Tacos. I wish I got Trejo's yeah. Tacos, but. Yeah, last year when I was in LA, LAX, they were still closed down. I was so upset. The line was really long to eat. I'm sorry to Jordan, hear that. Jordan, I drove to South Padre on Friday night. First off, holy crap, that is a long drive. Next time, I'm flying into Brownsville. It's going to cost me another extra two, 400 bucks, but it is worth it because six hours in a car is torture. Yeah, South Padre is rough. Did you, I mean, who, did you go with like a bunch of like co-eds or what, what's going on? Eh, you don't worry about that. But listen to this, man. Saturday, get to the beach, and I literally cannot, I don't have the words to make you understand how hot the sand was. I mean, it was so hot, it should have turned to glass. I mean, we live in Texas. What that's saying, I get it. What that's, no, 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 no. I've been to Texas beaches. I've been to South Beach. I've been to Venice Beach. I've been on hot beaches. This sand was so hot, it should have turned to glass. All right. The CIA could have used this as a torture device. My feet were going to blister if I didn't walk back to the hotel and put on water shoes. I would love to this see you in was, water shoes, Eddie. Th- I'll send you pictures. <laughs> this was unfathomable. It was like lava. I literally played America's new favorite game show, Is It Sand or Is It Lava? All right. Well, It was torture. On Saturday, before, before we get to UFC London real quick, I got one of my uh, Grail cards. One of the cards that I think every... Baseball card collectors should have in their collection. As in the Holy Grail? In the Holy Grail of baseball cards. What, what, if there was one card that you think that every baseball card collector from our era should have in their collection, what would mm. it be? Ricky Henderson's rookie card. Nope. It's not that He's one. He's the greatest of all time. He's pretty good. There it is. A Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey. Jr. A Ken Griffey Jr. He's upper pretty deck, good, too. Upper deck rookie. Pick that up. He's pretty good, so. too. Uh, Eddie. But no. Ricky was the best. Okay. All right. Let's talk about it. UFC London. I'll fight you. <laughs> Eddie, the UFC was back in London in March of this year. They tried to 
capture the moment again by coming back, bringing the same crew, Molly, Patty, Tommy. They try to bring the crew back. Didn't deliver the exact same magic that we had in March, but there were some moments. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, look, I'll fight you over Ricky uh, Henderson, and it'll be more interesting than 80, 75% of this card. Well, there's definitely a lot of decisions on this card. Uh, the, the, the prelims only had one finish. Uh, but, Eddie, let's talk about it. Gosh, this is uh, this was rough. This is two weeks in a row now that the UFC has had a doctor stoppage end in the result in the main event. of the main event. Oh, man, that is that's some bad hat, Harry. That is just horrible timing. Especially when you have a, a hometown guy like this, when the crowd is so amped. Well, not after the Hermanson fight, but after Patty and Molly McCann, and we'll get to those in a second. And you know how much I love it when the hometown guy wins. And this place, what was it, like 20 seconds? Just all of a sudden, just psh, 15. Silence. It was 15 seconds. 15. And, and the, really the bummer was is that we talked about this last week. Like This was a chance for us to really see like what is the, the upper bound limit for Tom Aspinall, like how high can he get? And we were hoping to see, you know, is, is he someone that's going to be fighting for a title? Because we could see them fast track Tom Aspinall to a title shot if he got the win over Curtis Blades. And, and that's what we were kind of hoping. And so, like, this doesn't just give us the opportunity to even identify and see, like, what happened. 15 seconds. Uh, Eddie, I don't know about you. I don't love that this is a TKO win for Curtis Blades. I, th I think this should be more of a no contest. I mean, I don't think I saw, I, I haven't gone back and watched the fight again, but I don't remember seeing, you know, Curtis Blades doing anything. That was the way that uh, Tom Aspinall stepped back that blew his knee. I think it's an MCL injury. Uh, I think it's different. Yeah, I've always hated that. It's different than the Yair versus Ortega fight that we had last week. But I just, I just think, uh, you know, I don't love that. No, it's like, um, remember, was it Brent Premise won the Bellator title? Yeah. Um, because Michael Chandler. Was it Pitbull stepped in a hole, or Michael Chandler stepped in a, like a hole in the cage or something? Well, it wasn't quite it's, like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it was nerve. But. Yeah, it was like the edge of the whatever. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. So that's a TKO. Now, granted, Curtis Blades did kind of hit him as he was stepping back, and, what, and I guess that caused him to lose his balance just a little bit. But that's not a TKO. Fifteen seconds, like that's what's what's a bummer. And unfortunately, like for for Tom Aspinall, right? He, he's going to go back. He's going to have his. Uh, you know, some sort of surgery. Hopefully it's a quick recovery and, you know, he's going to be able to come back and, and hopefully we see him in the top five. But like for, for Curtis Blades, like I don't know if this really does get him. Does this move him anywhere closer to a title fight? I don't think it does anything for him besides uh, a payday. Like I hope his family came with him so they can enjoy a vacation in London because that's about all he's going to get. But, you know, he gets a ride home without his face being swollen or his, uh, well, much of his body being swollen or injured, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't move up or down. Doesn't do anything for him. Maybe, maybe you put him against the winner of Cyril Gon and Tai Tuivasa. That fight is happening. It's September third in Paris, and maybe that's the uh, that's the way you go. That could happen. I, I could see that. All right. Uh, let's skip the co-main and let's go straight to Patty the Batty. Uh, Patty, <laughs> we're gonna Pimblet. run away from the co-main. We'll get back. Yes, we will get back there though. <laughs> Patty Pimblet defeats Jordan Levitt. Uh, I think it was actually an impressive win for for Patty. And he twerked on him. Uh, he did not. He actually, I don't want to say what he did, but he did not twerk. Um, so he knew um, that he, Jordan Levitt was going to take him down, and you saw him like during that fight there's a, there's figure a bag out. Of tea. Yes, figure out. He he figured out how he was going to kind of counter that how he was going to get back up 
off of uh, off the mat, and he finished that first round on top. I don't think he did enough to win that first round, but coming out into the second round, he was able to get the choke, really nice knee to the head, uh, and he wrapped up the choke right after. First time Jordan Levitt's been finished in the UFC. Uh, I think it's actually a good win, but I mean, this is early. Patty's only been fighting in the UFC. He's 3-0. and He's 27 years old. I, I, I think we need to continue. We need a slow play. We got a slow play, Patty Pimblett. Definitely, but he's going to have to move up in competition. I mean, it's not like Jordan Levitt was, like, top 15 or anything. No, not at all. But neither is Patty. But, yeah, you know, but he's going to have to slowly – hopefully they move him up slowly. Don't, they don't pull a, a Sean O'Malley. We'll talk about that one later. They don't just throw him to the wolves, even, despite his popularity. But I think they know, and they'll give him kind of the counter treatment. The problem is, is that, I, I mean, I just don't see Patty being as good as Connor. Right, I, I mean, I look at him like against the top ten in the division. I, I, I don't know if I would favor him against any of them. You look at like, well, that's the problem. You don't want you don't want him anywhere near those guys yet. So that's why they need to keep slow playing him, like they did with Connor feeding him to guys who wouldn't wrestle. You know, playing into his strengths and letting him keep learning and growing until it's time that you can't avoid one of these top guys anymore. God, I mean, but like, look at that. I mean, Armin Sarukian, ten, uh, Gamrot, nine, RDA, eight, Fiziev. Darius Chandler, Makachev, Gaethje, Poirier, Oliveira. I mean, even Connor, right? T- Tony Ferguson, uh, Dan Hooker, Jalen Turner. I mean, I don't like him against any of the top 15 right now. Like, you, you've got to yeah. slow play Patty Pimblett. And, and I just don't know, like, what his upper bound skills limit is going to be. Like, is he, is he ever a champion? Is he ever a top five lightweight? Lightweight is a tough division. Well, look, it's not like this is, we've seen the extent of his, um, of his skills for the rest of his career. He's going to keep growing and getting better at things. Unfortunately, he's, that's he's joining it when we have a bunch of killers coming up as well. Well, you know, you, uh, you adapt or you die. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, for the sake of uh, the fun, I hope he adapts. Yeah, I hope he adapts too. Uh, obviously, when you have Patty, you got Molly. And it, it's a fun little, little <laughs> duo that they have there. Uh, Molly McCann also got a win on Saturday night. She had Oof. another, I mean, lightning strike twice. She said that in the cage afterwards. Can't believe she got another spinning back elbow finish, essentially. And she really telegraphed it, too. But at the moment, Hannah Goldie was just not able to see it. And it was a good finish for Molly. They don't look like they should be fighting each other if you just look at their physiques. Because Hannah Goldie, is a, she's a hoss. You know, you can tell she does not miss uh, any of her days with the weights. Yeah. But... Uh, Molly McCann, Molly McCann's just a, she's just a fighter, dude. She's just a fighter. Molly McCann, she's also a celebrator. Like, she, she's out there celebrating <laughs> like she won the title over there. Uh, but she did call out Antonina Shevchenko. Uh, she also was called out by Miranda Maverick, and she had a colorful way of telling her that she would uh, fight her anywhere, yeah, she anytime. Uh, she did say, you know, she's not even in the top 15, right? So she's got a ways to go to be at the top of this division. Uh, but it does seem like Molly and Patty are a package deal. Maybe you put them at MSG in November. Although Patty, you know, doesn't want to pay the New York taxes, which I don't blame him. But maybe the UFC just maybe gives them a little bit more. But, like, they need to not fight in London anymore. Like, those guys need to come back here. They need to become stars. you got to put them on a pay-per-view. Yeah, and also next time they go to London, it should be a while. So just so it's a bigger thing again. Yeah, but basically, I don't think you can still play Molly though as much as you can still play Patty, just because of the amount of fighters. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how she moves up. Yeah, I think the thing about Molly though is that like Molly has done well 
because of Patty, essentially, right? Like, I think Patty has brought her back into, not, I don't want to say relevance, but like she does have losses. She lost to Talia Santos. She lost to Jillian Robertson. She lost to Laura Procopio. So, and, and that's not too far ago. You know, they, she lost in February of 2021. And so she's done a three fight win streak. Uh, you know, Patty also, you know, won three in a row. So I think that's pretty, you know, it's telling. I, I just think, you know, I, I feel like I've seen the top of what Molly McCann can do. And, and she's come more ferocious and she's looked better, but I, I don't know. I think the confidence that she's gained in the last year or so is going to push her even further than you think. Yeah. Like I said, we always think that we see what someone is, but we don't, we're not watching them develop. Yeah, that's true. And I think Molly's got some more room to improve. And she will. Yeah, a few just quick hits out of the way. Nikita Krylov defeats Alexander Gustafson. First round KO. Gus has now lost Ugh. four in a row. Uh, oh, that looks so bad, man. Maybe so it's time bad. for him to move on. Uh, Jack Hermanson so. defeated Chris Curtis. Not a, not a fun fight, but uh, it happened. Uh, Vulcan Ozdemir defeated Paul Craig. I really had high hopes for Paul Craig. I liked him. Uh, a couple other wins of note. You had uh, Nathaniel Wood, uh, Jonathan Pierce, Muhammad Wakayev. Those are all guys that I, that I like out there. So anything that, that you thought that stood out? Over in uh, in UFC London that we didn't mention, uh, Mark Diacasey. Yeah, um, there really of, wasn't much fight, else. Yeah. Uh, all right, I do yeah. want to talk about Bellator real quick. Bellator two eighty three yes. Friday night. Uh, Jason Jackson defeats Douglas Lima via unanimous decision in the main event. Douglas Lima is now zero four in his last fights. Now it is you know Jackson, Michael Page, Amoslav, and Gegard Mousasi. You know tough fights, but all of a sudden like he's looking like he's old. Yeah, and it wasn't a fun fight to watch, but this uh, this main card was more fun to watch than I, I thought it was going to be. But yeah, Jason Jackson, he's looking good. Douglas Lima, his time may have passed now to, to just be uh, ridden like that for the for the whole fight. Yeah, it's uh, not a good look. Jason Jackson now has won six fights in a row. Jordan Meehan, Benson Henderson, Neiman Gracie, Paul Daly, Douglas Lima among those. Uh, Jackson says he wants a title shot, but you know his good friend is is, mm. is Logan Storley. They're not going to fight unless oh it's God, for like the official fight. Belt. That would be tough. And we had a Sydney outlaw taking a fight, um, basically a replacement fight, putting his number one ranking on the line against a newcomer, Tofik Masayev. Yep. And, you know, we always uh, you want to tell a guy to bet on yourself. But when you've got a title fight coming up next, dude, sometimes it's best to just... Uh, Wait, wait out. Yeah. So Patricky uh, Pitbull was supposed to fight Sydney Outlaw on this fight card. He is injured. He has to out of the fight. So they brought in Tofik Musayev. And uh, 27 seconds later, uh, Outlaw no, no longer the number one ranked uh, lightweight in Bellator. Yeah. And um, that's good news for uh, Usman Namargamedov. I don't know, man. I, his... I, I think Musayev might get a title shot off, off of this one win. He's already got a win over Patricky. When, remember when Ryzen and Bellator did that cross promotion? He actually mm -hmm. beat Patricky there. So, you know, you could, yeah. uh, I mean, he's spectacular. I don't know if you want to do it that quickly. You may want to have him go through someone just to give him a, a little bit of time to promote. This is really sudden. But also, you've got Namagamedov there waiting also. So either one of those. I think that would be a bigger fight name-wise. you got a pit bull versus Namagamedov. Yeah. Namagamedov, he looked great. I, you know, no matter what. Nurmagomedov is so going that, to be a champion. He is going to be a champion in Bellator. Uh, I don't care if it's Mosayev. I don't care if it's uh, Jason. I don't care if it's Patricia Pitbull. Uh, I don't care if it's Sydney Outlaw. It's not going to be. But Usman Nurmagomedov is going to be a champion there at some point. You he, know, he I cannot disagree with you there. 
Yeah, so. he does look great. And, and he didn't beat like a uh, a can, right? I mean, Chris Gonzalez was 7-1 going to the fight. He had just beat uh, Saad Awad in his last fight. So it had a win over Roger Huerta. So not not terrible. So, Eddie, that is Bellator 283. That is UFC London. That is your trip to South Padre. Guys, you're Ooh, listening to Fight Night right Pete. here on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com, and we will be right back. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's AJ Mercenary McKee, and you're listening to Fight Night with Eddie and Jordan. What's up with that? Woke up this morning and I got out of bed. Had a big old cup of coffee to clear my head. Been home for a while and that's where I'm at. But we can still jam on What's Up With That? Ooh-wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? Ooh-wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Eddie, that's Jordan, and Jordan, we're going to jump right into it. I know you got a lot to talk about for this one, so let me tell you, it's that time of year, and last week the UFC laid out their plans for the next few months and announced some blockbuster fights, Jordan. Sup with that? Eddie, I don't even know where to start on this. There were so many good fights that were announced last uh, week. Start with the letter A. All right, so this one maybe not a good fight. This is this is an interesting fight. Now the odds aren't aren't very competitive. So the first one they announced, the main event of UFC 279. Now before Eddie, we talked about that Aljamain Sterling would face T.J. Dillashaw for the bantamweight title uh, at UFC 279 September 10th. But then news came out. Then news came out that the UFC had booked as a new main event, a non-title five-round fight. Nate Diaz versus Hamzat Shemaev. Nate Diaz, Hamzat, why why are they doing that to to Nate Diaz? Well, Nate Diaz went on Errol Hawani's show last week, talked about how the UFC hadn't given him a fight, that the UFC was holding him hostage, uh, that they hadn't given him a fight all year, and so the UFC decided, hey, we better give this guy a fight, and that's exactly what they did. They offered him probably the toughest guy in the division, probably... Uh, a guy that is going to only make you look bad on the way out. Uh, the number three ranked Hamzat Shemaya versus the unranked, the unranked Nate Diaz. Oddly enough, though, that's a fight that Nate had asked for. He just wants to get out. He, yeah, I guess he thought he saw some holes in his game and he thought he could uh, exploit them and get, get it done with. But he had asked for that like a year ago. And the UFC wouldn't do it without, I guess, uh, adding to his co- extending his contract. But now it's like, listen, we'll let him beat you up and you can go. What if Nate Diaz just walks in and just taps out right when the bell rings? Just taps himself and is like, I'm out. I quit. Does, does UFC um, get to sue him? Tap the strikes? No, I, I think Vegas will hold up his money. I don't think he cares. Great. He, you know, he's, he's going to be quick. I bet, you he, I bet you he, if I was him, I would just not worry. I would be quick to just lose that fight. I think maybe the first time Hamzad gets him on the ground and he's in a bad position. There it goes. What do you think that does? What, what happens, right? If Nate Diaz loses in a bad way, does that change anything about him leaving the UFC? I think Nate Diaz is PR proof. Both Diaz brothers, it doesn't matter what happens to them. They can get beat on, they can get ground and pounded. Um, the way that things are now, especially with social media, you just talk a little bit and people just completely forget about it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, especially like you think about the last time he lost a fight. He lost to Leon Edwards, and that last minute, right, he caught him. And now everyone talks about, you know, no one's talking about Leon getting that win. Everyone's talking about, you know, Nate and the way he looked. Yeah, he literally had one good minute out of 25. And he still basically, in the eyes of, uh, let's say, social media, won the fight. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, so that fight. But there's more. Yeah, I'm excited about that fight. But now, so Aljamain Sterling, TJ Dillashaw, that fight is now moved on. That's moved to the co-main event of UFC 280 in Abu Dhabi. Now, that fight already has Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev. A great fight. That's for the vacant lightweight title. They already had Sean Brady versus Bilal Muhammad, a great welterweight fight. Now they went ahead and they added Piotr Jan versus Sean O'Malley. They added Benil Dariush versus Matus Gamrot and Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Lemos. Now, that's six incredible fights. Right there, all like meaningful fights. Eddie, I got to figure out how to get to Abu Dhabi. You know, I think it seems like they're making Abu Dhabi their yearly kind of SummerSlam event. It's a big one. They've got right? International Fight Week, which is a big one in July. And then a little later on in the fall, another huge one. And then there's, um, what, New Year's? Yeah. Well, they, they have Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Or, they, or New Year's or Super Bowl area, somewhere around they there. Actually the stopped. They actually stopped doing New Year's because of college football, right? They don't, they don't want to yeah. compete with that. But, yeah, no, you're totally right. Uh, they used to have a Memorial Day card. They don't do that one as, as big anymore. But, like, yeah, I mean, this, this is kind of a big deal. But I, I want to kind of talk about these fights. Peter Yan versus Sean O'Malley. Obviously a huge step up for Sean O'Malley. Yan is the former champion. He's ranked number one in the division. O'Malley is ranked 13th. Uh, you think about that. Yan comes in. He's a minus 500 favorite on some books. You know, Sean O'Malley, he's coming off that no contest where Pedro Munoz got poked in the eye in a fight that Pedro Munoz won on all three scorecards in the first round. Mm -hmm. And it looks like O'Malley is just like moving forward like this is a win. Just like I moving mean, straight up. Moving way forward. And I'm, I kind of wondered, is this one of those things where the UFC is just putting him up against someone that they're pretty sure he won't win against to shut him up? Because you don't do 13 against three. What, what reason does Peter Yan have for fighting Sean O'Malley? If he loses, his stock goes way down. And yeah. if he wins, he's just supposed to. But if you're Peter Yan, like, you know, like, oh, this is easy money. For him, he probably looks at this like, oh, this is, this is great. Are you going to give me the number 13th guy? A guy that I see so many holes in? Perfect. I'll get paid. Well, you know who else thought that was Sidney Outlaw? So, well, yeah. you know? Yeah, we saw that one. Uh, but, he, but, but Peter Yan is not getting a title shot right now. He's got to get a win. And so, does he get a win off of this fight? I mean... Maybe. If he looks good, he does. I mean, you get a title shot after beating Sean O'Malley. That's just, as Luke Thomas would say, promotional malpractice. Yeah. Uh, Benil Dariush versus Matus Gamrot. That's a great fight, too, man. Like We were it talking, is. like, these new up-and-comer fighters, you know, the Sharukians, Gamrot, uh, Fiziev, they'd have to take a step up in competition, and, and someone was going to have to accept a fight with him. And Darius just shows, like, he's game, right? He, he's game. And this is a tough fight. Dariush is ranked sixth, but and Gamrot's ranked ninth. Um but this is going to be a really interesting fight. And, and what I like about it, right, is that, you know, Dariush, who was supposed to fight Islam Makachev, he got injured. And now Makachev is fighting for the title, and, and Benil is taking a, a very tough fight here. Yeah, and it's one of those things, like, uh, I think it was a Fiziev said, you got to get these all these guys in the top five to stop just fighting each other and fight someone else to kind of change, shake things up. And, and unfortunately, Dariush is actually fighting down again because he can't get a top five fight. Yeah, what's interesting, he was in the top five, right? Like, when he was supposed to fight Islam, he was up there. He was in the top five, and I think, you know, different wins, different people fighting have 
elevated and have jumped up above him into the top five. So it's not really of his own fault that he's moved down, but definitely interesting. Um, Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Lemos. Lemos is just coming off of that win over Michelle Watterson. She does have that loss to Jessica Andrade. Uh, but other than that, you know, uh, this is another, another good fight. Sneeze at. Uh, Amanda yeah. Lemos is ranked eighth. Marina Rodriguez is ranked third. Uh, Marina's won five fights. You could have made a case that Marina Rodriguez should fight uh, Carlos Sparza next. She does have a loss to Carlos Sparza. That's the only loss in her career. But you would think that that could be a, a, a realistic fight for her to have. So, I mean, that, that's another really good fight on this card. So over and over, we're just seeing like this is a great like this is going to be a great night of fights. Yeah, what's the date of this one again? This is UFC 280 in uh, Abu Dhabi, October 22nd, October? I believe. Okay. Mark your calendars, people. Mark your yeah, calendars. Definitely. All right. Speaking of another calendar marker, Jordan, Frankie Edgar has asked for his retirement fight. It'll be sad to see him go. What's up with that? Yeah, so Edgar wants his final fight to be at Madison Square Garden. Uh, he wants it at UFC 281 in November. So typically in November, the UFC heads back. They head back to Madison Square Garden, so this is their opportunity to go, and uh, and and he wants to have his final fight. We know he's you know Tom's River guy. He he wants to fight in the Mecca, in the Garden. He's called out. He's not not like a real call up, but he said, "Hey, I think Dominic Cruz would be a great oh. last fight for me. Uh, it would be interesting, right? Because he says, you know, Dominic Cruz, he was the champion at 135 when I was the champion at 155." I think that would be, you know, he likes that as a uh, as a fun matchup for him. Uh, Eddie, do you have a favorite Frankie Edgar moment? Oh, man. Um, when he was getting just his brains beaten in by Gray Maynard and bounced back to win that fight, that was outstanding. I mean, not seeing him getting his brains beaten in, but just seeing how much heart he had, knowing that he should have been fighting 20 pounds lower. It was just amazing to watch. Yeah, I think it's got, mine has got to be, I think, UFC 136. It's probably the same, you know, one of the same moments, right? So 125 was the draw. 136 is where he slumped Gray Maynard, I think, in the fourth round uh, in Houston uh, to, to win that title. Might, might have been that same night, but the overhead view of that is pretty awesome where he clips and he catches uh, Gray Maynard and, and just finishes um, off and, and walks away. So uh, Frankie Edgar, obviously a great career and, and exciting. So Yeah, be sad to see him go. Um, all right, Jordan, hit us with some new fights. Yeah, so Aside I told from the ones you just Yeah, so about. all the new ones. Uh, one other one is is Johnny Walker versus Ion Kutalaba. That's September 10th. But one fight that I, I'm excited. So we knew that Jessica Andrade was supposed to fight uh, Manon uh, Fido, and that was supposed to happen in Paris. Andrade had to step out of the fight, but who steps into the fight is the number one ranked Caitlin Jakagian. So that's a big one fight fighter. for Fido. That's a big. Uh, that's a big fight for her because if she does get a win over a very tough, like Kayla Jakagian beats everybody not named Valentina Shevchenko in that division. Yeah, you think that if Fiorot gets that win, that's another new person for Valentina Shevchenko to fight. So yeah, that's a big jump. She'd an, go from seven to one most likely. Another person for Valentina Shevchenko to beat. I mean, to fight. I love so, it. You know, right. I love it when people just rule their roost. Sit go. on top of their mountain and just kick the newcomers down. There you go. All right, Eddie, that is new fights. That is what's up with that, guys. You're in for a treat next. You're listening to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com, and we will be right back. Until next time. Hey, 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 hey. What's up with that? What's up with that? 
Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com. That's Eddie. I'm Jordan. You're listening to Fight Night. Follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. And we got a surprise. We're bringing in Stu Myrick from Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. Stu Myrick, welcome uh, welcome to Fight Night. On the Vaquero Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Of course. What's up, fellas? How are you doing? This is What's big, up, Stu? This is a big week for you. Dude, it's been it's been a crazy uh, four days. <laughs> yes, yes. Friday news dump. I want to talk about that. So there's WWE SummerSlam this week, and there's UFC 277. And I'm impressed. I mean, the I, same night. I feel like it. we're kind of like we're bringing Stu over to the dark side. We're bringing you over here, Stu. Tell the people <laughs> you are not no, going, it, it, you are not going to be watching SummerSlam. Maybe you will be. Maybe you'll be at on, uh, on press row on your phone. I gotta watch a little bit on the phone. Yeah. But, and this is my first UFC event. I've I know, been but, but you're choosing you're choosing UFC 277 in Dallas over SummerSlam. Well, Dallas is a lot closer than Nashville, so that's true. But yeah. although you could, you would have a good time going to Nashville. Oh, I'm sure I would. It'd be hey. you know, check out check out uh, all the music venues, and of course, go to Nissan Stadium for SummerSlam. But I'll be there in a month. It'll be it'll be fun to be at, at uh, AAC in Dallas. Plus, Stu gets to hang out with me all weekend. Hey, there you go. See? All right, so we got UFC 277 this weekend. The main event, uh, Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunez. This is the rematch. So Juliana Pena coming in as the champion at the Bantamweight, uh, in the Bantamweight division in a rematch. This is going to tell us a lot, right? You know, this is going to answer some questions about, A, about Amanda Nunez. If she, yep. you know, this was a fluke, if this is something that is this real, or it's also going to answer some questions about Juliana Pena. If she's been able to get to the point where she really did, you know, have Amanda Nunez's number, understands how she can beat her. Well, there's so many questions surrounding the last fight just because of the way that the first round ended and then the second round ended. Like, was Pena's win a fluke? Did um, Nunez, was she suffering uh, from too much champion's pressure? Was it the baby that kept her up, but Pena had that same excuse? Was it the COVID? Did she just have uh, bad cardio? Can Pena catch lightning in a bottle twice and prove that it wasn't a fluke? That's what we're here to find out. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing because really what happens, right, is if Juliana Pena wins this fight, it really opens up. It opens up, like, what's going to happen in the division. It opens up, you know, more fighters. Amanda Nunes, I mean, she's gone through, right? She has clearly been the best 135-pounder for a long time in that division yeah. and really kind of cleared it 12 out. 12 in a row, I think. Which is why, you know, she's fighting at 145 pounds as well, and no one worries about it. Like, no one is worried that she's not defending that belt or going back and forth because she has been so dominant. And so this is going to either, like, propel the division forward or, unfortunately, it's going gonna, it's gonna to move us back in time. And the big question is, if Nunez wins, do they run it back one more time? How about at and 145 because- pounds? Yeah, that's possible. I think uh, Pena wants to run it back if she wins at 145 to take both belts. But if Amanda wins, do they do it again at 135 in a rubber match? And then the rest of the division is praying that Pena wins, so it opens up the possibilities for them. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the division, right? I mean, it's it's just there's not a lot going on of people that I really think could beat Amanda Nunes besides the champion, Juliana Pena. Right. But we'll see, right? Exactly. She's changed camp, so we know Amanda Nunes. She's moved camp. She's she's kind of have a focus camp on her own. So we'll see if, if all that kind of comes in and, and, you know, takes care of that business for her. And, you know, it's funny. We've been hearing about the championship pressure all the way back to GSP. 
you know, after he had the belt for a little bit. Um, it became like too much for him to bear. That's why he started fighting the way he did. It's, he said it was almost like he was fighting because he was afraid to lose, not just fighting to win. I know Anderson Silva mentioned it. He felt a big relief after he lost to Chris Weidman. And we saw what happened to Ronda Rousey with the pressure that she had. So you got to wonder, will Pena feel any of that? Will Nunes fight better now that she doesn't have that pressure? It's going to be fun to find out. Yeah, I mean, the, the odds are not in a man. As far as like the odds of like the champ, the, if, if people in rematches, when they, the person who wins the first fight typically wins the second fight as well. We saw that with Frankie Edgar and BJ Penn. Uh, we saw you that mean Anderson's the person who wins the rematch. The person wins who wins the third fight, or the, fir- the in the in the rematch, the person who wins the first fight also wins the rematch. Typically, that's how it goes. Now, Daniel Cormier and Stipe, that was different. We've seen definitely different. You know, we, we've seen that go against the trend, but you know, we, we've seen that in the past. That typically, you know, Julian Pena is was it one night? That's what we're going to find out, right? Was it one night or yeah. was it uh, something that's really happening? So, in the co-main event, you have Brandon Moreno versus Kai Car of France in fight oh. for the interim 125-pound title. The champion, Davison Figueredo, has an, a thumb injury. He had surgery. And so we know that the winner of this fight will take on the champion. Now, a trivia question for you, Eddie. This is not two questions. Oh, boy. Um, what is... Actually, I have two questions for you here. This is Maybe there's two questions. Uh, what is Kai Car France's real name? What? It's not uh, Kai Car France. Oh man, I have no. <laughs> it is James Kaiware Car of France. What? And uh, and we, I know we didn't go this earlier, but what is Patty Pimblett's real name? Patrick. Patrick Mark. Patrick Mark Pimblett. So, all right. So you got Kai Car of France. Got one. He is on a three fight win streak. So Askar Askarov, Cody Garbrandt, Rogerio Bontorin. Uh, he had he does have a loss to Brandon Royval. He also has a loss to Brandon Moreno back at UFC 245. Mm-hmm. A decision. Yeah, loss. Forget this is a rematch. Yeah, this is a, this is going to be interesting. And, and obviously, Brandon Moreno, he you know his last three fights have been all against Devison Figueredo. Uh, two lo- yeah. a, a loss, a win, and a draw. All five rounders, and all crazy fights. And you got to wonder. I mean, there's some bad blood between him and Davison Figueredo. If if Moreno wins. Will that bad blood cause Figueredo to just immediately go to 135? It's interesting, right? You, you know, you think that, like, if I was Davidson Figueredo, who's the champion, I would think, like, I have Brandon Moreno's number. You've got to feel confident. Like, coming out of that last fight, like, you got the win. You would think that you have the opportunity to, to win again. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't see Davison running away from Brandon Moreno. But he's over here talking about the money like he's this huge draw, which we know he's not. So yeah, he's it's, not. It's that. That's what's interesting. Because I, I wish. And unfortunately would for him, him, even Aljamain Sterling isn't that big a draw for him to be the B side of. Well, I hate to break it to you, Eddie, but uh, I don't think I don't think Aljamain Sterling is going to be champion for much longer. It's possible. We talked about the last round. I think TJ Dillashaw takes it. I think he takes it at two seventy nine or two eighty. Excuse it's, me. It's it's quite possible, man. That's a that's a crazy division. Hey, Stu, have you ever seen the bantamweights and flyweights fight in person? Did they fight when we were in Dallas last time? Amber, I've seen a. I think I've seen a couple of the the smaller, smaller divisions, and and it was you know it's kind of it's kind of like in boxing, where it's a lot of speed, um, yes, you know, a lot of maneuvering. So those those you know smaller weights, they can definitely go at it, and they can be they can be as entertaining as the heavyweight or or junior heavyweight division. 
as far as just you know action inside the octagon. Yeah, if you think watching Lucha Libre uh, has some fast action, wait till you see the flyweights in a championship match. Make sure your glasses are cleaned. Make sure you don't blink too much because, oh, my God, are they so fast. And the drunks in the crowd usually end up booing them because they can't even tell what's going on. But from our seats, it'll be pretty amazing to watch. Yeah, it should be fun. Lucha Libre match. There you go. Yes. Uh, All right, Derek Lewis, Houston's own, Texas's native, Derek Lewis. uh, The roof is going to come off the place. Sergey Pavlovich, which should be, uh, you know, it should be tailor-made, right, for Derek Lewis to get a big uh, big finish there. Obviously, he needs mm-hmm. to get back into winning ways. He hasn't been winning, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, he's 2-2 two and two in his last four, so he's been alternating win one, lose one, win one, lose one. So he's due to win. Okay, I'm hoping he gets the win here. Uh, Alexandre Pantoja versus Alex Perez. That'll be a fun fight as well. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the fight that we we're both looking for, I know. Anthony Smith, Magomed Mr. Waterburger himself. That should be a fun fight, right? And, and this really should have it should have title implications. Maybe not this year, but it should have title implications. I think early twenty twenty three, if by the you know by the latest, quite possibly. And it remains to be seen whether or not Anthony Smith is still a contender. He was always a little bit, I want to say old, but he seemed to be kind of on the downside. By the time he hit his uh, peak and fought John Jones, so it hasn't been golden for him since then. So this will tell us a lot about his future. Yeah. I'm looking forward and to that. I didn't fight. want to mention it with Amanda Nunes, but she's almost 35 too, so could she have just gotten old? Can you not quick? can you not age shame people, please? Hey. I Okay, now tonight I'm not the oldest person on the show. Wow. But normally I can. Stu, I didn't say that, just so you know. Sorry, uh, Stu. Stu, I do want to jump though. There's some other heavyweights happening, but first, Vince McMahon. What what tell us about what's going on with Vince McMahon being out oh of WWE? Oh. Oh man, it's been it's been nuts, and, and we're going to cover it more on Sports Guys Talking Wrestling coming up after y'all's show. But basically, what happened was Friday afternoon, I would say it was about three p.m. Central. Three, it was three oh five p.m. Central. Vince McMahon on Twitter tweets out at seventy seven, time to retire. Thank you, WWE Universe. Well, that sounds like Conor McGregor. Then we have the press Thanks release. Yeah, basically saying Vince is retiring from chairman and CEO. He'd already voluntary. He had already temporarily stepped down. But he's actually volunt- he's he's retiring. Stephanie, his daughter, and Nick Khan are going to assume the roles of co-CEOs. And then uh, today we get the formal press release that says, yes, Stephanie McMahon is going to be the chair of the board. Stephanie and Nick Khan are co co-CEOs, and on top of that, Triple H is now head of creative. Well, that's so a big step up. Out of creative. And it's like, okay, you're talking about the man that created World Wrestling Entertainment for 40 years. He, he bought the Capital Wrestling Corporation from Vince McMahon Sr. in 1982. And grew it to this global, you know, phenomenon known now as World Wrestling Entertainment. And we are now seeing, for instance, I'm watching Monday Night Raw right now. And it is the first Monday Night Raw without Vince McMahon running the running the controls. 
I mean, it's wild. Do you notice anything different? I mean, do you feel like, can you feel like the lack of it's, presence there? It's a, it's a different, it's a different flow. They've had a different flow. And, and again, we, now we're talking, so we've had SmackDown on Friday night and Raw tonight. Uh, tonight, I have, de it's definitely a different flow of the show. You don't have those, those endless breaks where you have an entrance and then 10 minutes of commercial highlight. Oh, my God. You know, vi video package and, and stuff. It's flown uh, better, in my opinion. Now, look, they're, they're setting up for SummerSlam. They're building to, towards SummerSlam. You got to imagine the creator for that is pretty much in is pretty much set. Uh, they haven't announced any additional matches tonight. We'll see if they announce maybe an added match or two Friday night on SmackDown. But I think er that card's going to remain what we would expect. The kicker is going to be coming up next Monday night after SummerSlam. I want to see how how the creative happens. And by the way, look, this isn't Vince feeling his age. He was pretty. This is Vince <laughs> feeling after all those all those reports, Wall Street Journal, you know the multiple reports about the hush money. In fact, today they they also the WWE also mentioned they had to revise financial statements because they had fourteen point six million dollars wow. in unreported expenses that Vince is going to pay back. Wow. Now you look at the allegations of the hush money paid to. Yeah, wait a second. Uh, what? You, Last I heard, it was twelve and a half. Now it's fourteen point six. Well, there's so you know I, I'm not saying that fourteen point six is 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 what that was, but I'm not saying it's not. So I have a question. I heard Brock Lesnar walked out. So former UFC champion, uh, he walked out when like Vince. Well, they announced that Vince was, but then then he came back. Is, was there any truth to that? Was that uh, was that just uh, some funny reporting? The reports I saw, and then from, from folks I I trust, he did indeed walk out. He was not happy about Vince announcing his retirement. He did walk out. They had to rewrite SmackDown. They did write the last segment. You know, they had I guess two options, and sure enough, after Brock cooled down. He did come back. There was talk, you know, he walked out and already there was talk about bringing Goldberg. Yeah, was Goldberg to, on a plane from Atlanta uh, already? To, you know, <laughs> and he, yeah, he's not ready, you know. Uh, but they were talking about bringing him in for to wrestle Roman at SummerSlam. And, and, but he, he cooled, Brock cooled off, came back, you know, destroyed Theory in the last segment. Uh, so it looks like we will still get Roman versus Brock last man standing, you know, the final match of their rivalry. We'll see if that's really well, true. Maybe with triple H there, it will be the final match yeah. of the rivalry. We'll oh, see, Lord. but there are so many questions that, that have to be asked about where this company goes now with, without Vincent Kennedy McMahon at the helm. And uh, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a matter of time will tell, quite honestly. Interesting. You know, it's funny. You said uh, it wasn't Vince feeling his age because he's seventy seven. No, it was him feeling other wrestlers. Well, that's, yeah, that's the problem. Eddie, I thank mean, you. Funny. Thank you. Good night. Yes. Yeah.
And I think with that, I think we've got to close. Stu, thank you so much for the uh, for the SummerSlam preview. Have fun with Eddie and uh, and take care. I mean, I I hope it's okay. I, I've stayed in a room with Eddie before. It's it's not the best. I'll try not to snore. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. Uh, and yeah, I may have to I have to keep SummerSlam on the phone just in case. You know, just keep an eye on it just in case. I'm hoping to go all Saturday and Sunday without getting any spoilers so I can just sit around on my couch and watch it on Sunday like a normal WWE pay-per-view nice. on Sunday night. All right, guys, follow us Sign at Fight Date ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, you can follow Stu at Stu Myrick and then Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. Uh, guys, we will see you next week. Eddie, have a great time at UFC 277. Stu, have a great time with him. Enjoy the fights. Enjoy SummerSlam, and we will see you next week. Thank you. Stay safe. Be nice to each other. Stay positive and love your life. And if we ever didn't thank you, let us do it now. Happy trails to you till we meet again.